In the name of one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We can't escape it, can we? The cross. Whether it is a small silver pendant that I see some folks wearing today or an enormous structure atop a hill, maybe Rio de Janeiro or Montreal. The cross is both eye-catching and it is powerful. And millions who may not have a great deal of connection to organized Christianity, instinctively recognize the cross, recognize the cross as iconic. The theater producer Peter Sellers introduced his stage version of Bach's St. Matthew's Passion in 2014, and he explained that in this story, people of all sorts glimpse truth and often comfort beyond what is available elsewhere. Why is that? Do we need to ask why is that? I mean, we don't need to know the science of cooking before enjoying a meal, right? We don't need to know music theory before we can be moved by Bach. But doesn't someone need to know how to cook? Someone's got to know how to cook, and and somebody has to know how to read the notes and how to play the music and Likewise, those who teach in church and those who are commended to teach the faith, we all need to grapple with this Jesus and his death. And it's a puzzle that begins. You know, a lot of the great medieval paintings of the crucifixion see Jesus as a battered, vulnerable man with God the Father behind him, this stern, forbidding presence. And the message is very, very clear. God is angry with us. But God's anger is all poured out on this innocent Jesus, sometimes quite a caricature, or even worse. You know, think about the passage that we know so well, John 3.16, God so hated the world that he killed his son. I don't think that's the way it went. God so loved the world that he gave his son. But that easily gets twisted the wrong way around. And perhaps that's because many angry people, even many angry Christian people, in public or domestic life, we have beaten up on innocent victims and sometimes even claimed, this is only because I love you. We've learned to shudder such claims. But isn't that what the Bible says anyway? He was bruised for our transgressions. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yes, it does. But what matters is getting the story right. Many Christians, whether Catholic, Protestant, conservative, progressive, have imagined a story like this. Number one. We messed up. Bad. Number two, God had to punish us. And number three, fortunately, he had an innocent son who got in the way and took the rap for us. But the Bible tells a bigger, more subtle story. 
Even Paul's summary in his writings of the Christian message begins, the Messiah died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, which doesn't mean in accordance with the Scripture story I have in my head with a few biblical footnotes. Paul's referring to the greater story, what we would call the Hebrew covenant, the Hebrew scripture all the way through the New Covenant and the New Testament, what I call our family album, the totality of time with God. And that story is not about sin and what God does with it. It's about creation and covenant. So first creation and then covenant, because we're really here today for covenant. So God made this wonderful creation and put humans in it to sum up the praise of creation and also to look after God's world. And this is what it means to be in God's image, to have this mirror that is angled back that is reflecting the beauty of God's love. God's love for the world, God's love in the world, God's blessed creation that is glorious and joyful to God's people. Some texts speak of this human vocation that we have as the royal priesthood, and when we humans mess it up, we have to remember it doesn't just mess up creation, it doesn't just break some arbitrary rule. When we don't hit the mark, when we are not where perhaps God would want us to be, something goes amiss, things go awry, and this is what the Bible calls idolatry, an idolatry that leads to sin, and it ruins creation, and it ruins human beings. And here's how it goes. We humans, we worship something other than the Creator God, and we begin to think and act in less than fully human ways. You know, when somebody says, look, I'm only human, well, that's not proclaiming that I'm only human, so I do broken things. Because we weren't created to be human and broken. We were created to be human and with the fullness of God. But when we say we're doing less than fully human things, it's because we're sinning. We're missing the mark. We're following those things that are contemporary idols. Maybe in 1960 we would have said money, power, and sex. In 2019, we say money, power, and sex, and the internet, and excess, and our technology, and our special devices, and things we follow that are not God. And we worship these forces. We worship them, and they tell us what to do. So we shrink as humans. We break. We miss our calling. We miss being with God and of God, and the world suffers. And if we try to grab that vocation back, I don't know if you've been there, I've been there, I knew I sinned, and I'm going to try to take it all back immediately. I think we all know those people, and every tyrant, every anarchist started off thinking, if the world could just be as I want it to be, and I could just create it the way I want to create it, and that doesn't work either. So here is this idea of creation, and then we have this idea today of covenant. 
And we find ourselves here gathered together to celebrate covenant, an arrangement, a contract, if you will, a contract between God, God's love for us, God's people, and God's creation. So we join as a community today with our dear friend here, Savannah Monroe, and she is one-ish, and she's going to be baptized. She's going to receive the sacrament of holy baptism. She's going to have the cross placed upon her forehead as she's marked as Christ's own forever. She's going to be dipped into the holy waters of baptism and received into the household of God. Indissoluble, as the prayer book puts it, forever. No matter when she has that moment when she says, I hate church and I hate you, Mommy. Well, God loves you anyway. Mommy will always love you, and the household of God will always hold you. So we have this portion in the prayer book where we get the opportunity to stand and support, to say we who are the body of Christ gathered in this holy place, we will support you in your Christian walk. Well, you know, during that process, we all speak the words and pray the words of the baptismal covenant. We all reestablish our own covenant with God. And I would suggest when we do that, that that we will, we will with God's help, I will with God's help, we will support this baptized person. I would suggest in that moment, instead of it just being for this person that we will, Think of that as a broader, more global we will. Think of it as this moment where we come into covenant with God and God's people. Because this idolatry of all these things that are forces that work against us, the darkness in our lives, our world does not help us in many ways because our world tells us isolation is a good thing. Our world tells us row the boat yourself. You won't have to worry about being accountable to anyone else, and you won't have to worry about them disappointing you. But that's not what God says. God says we're in this together. We're in this boat, the nave, together. And sometimes it stinks like the underside of a boat. That's institutionalized religion for you. But most of the time, I find my hope and my grace and my mercy are in the cross and in the community of God's people gathered. So today when we say these words, we will, think of them as the global creation of God. We will stand against evil. We will stand against darkness. We will stand against a world that says isolate because those are the true brokenness pieces in our world today that cause such sadness and such sorrow. They are epidemics. And so today we celebrate this whole family of God that comes to bring this child to be baptized. And we celebrate by saying, we will uphold you, we will be with you, and we will be with each other. Because the gospel message of the resurrected Christ who hung and died and was tortured on the cross begins here. It begins here through love, grace, and mercy and through the words we will. So on this Holy Cross day, 
we embrace the reality that we cannot escape the cross, and why would we? Because being present is important. The women at the cross, important. The people in the pews, important. The people at ICM, at Garfield Elementary, at St. Vincent de Paul, all of those things, very important. We need each other. We need you, and you need us, because God's called us to this very holy place, and we will with God's help.